You think the United States of America is a great nation? We have only scratched the surface of what we can possibly be. In spite of all the greatness in commerce, economy, technology, and military that we have achieved, I believe that we have plateaued in our growth and rise in strength and prominence amongst all the nations on the earth. Because many other countries, they've all been able to replicate the exact same things that we have. Technology, music, commerce, innovation, military, etc. All the countries have it. Think about China, Russia, Germany, the United Kingdom. And many of these nations believe that they are just as powerful or a little more prominent, if not today, in the near future, compared to the United States of America. However, there is something that we have that other nations do not have and they cannot replicate. And that is the beauty in our diversity. If only we can see that and maximize it, there is no telling how far we can go. No other nation on the face of the earth has as much diversity as the United States has and not just a diversity of people who live there, but a diversity of people who are vested in the building and the development of the country as it were. This country as we know it was built on the back of slaves. And in spite of the declaration of the emancipation of slaves in 1863, those who built and fought for this country have still been suppressed and oppressed even today in 2020. And I dare say that the nation has gotten to a stage where it can no longer reach greater heights without once again bringing in the same people that helped build this great nation that we know. This time, not as slaves, but as comrades, partners, equals, inviting people of color out of the plantations, out of the fields, and into the house to have a seat on the table. In a couple of weeks, July 4th, 2020, the United States is going to be 244 years. And still, we do not know what it's like for blacks to be presidents of this country. Yes, we had Barack Obama who snuck into the White House and led for eight years. Compare eight years out of 244. That is not enough for you to really know how blacks lead. So, we don't even know what it's like to have a black president. We don't know what it's like for a woman to lead, let alone a woman of color in this country. Don Lemon, the host of CNN Tonight, he's still the only black gay man on primetime news in the United States of America. 
and it's the same in business, in film, in TV, in music, in sports, entertainment, travel, tourism, education. We do not have a substantial representation of people of color in the spheres of leadership. It's just not there. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. So when you look at these different faces of society, what do you see? One color, white. When you look at other countries, what do you see? One color. For many other countries, they don't have the opportunity of the diversity that I see on the streets to be those of people who are vested in the building of those countries. But United States, we do. And it's all in the history of what Juneteenth is all about. It's all in the history of what the Confederacy is all about. And I'm going to talk about that at the end, which is what I call Juneteenth 1.0. But I chose to start this episode by painting a picture of what the United States could look like, of what we could possibly be. We, people of color, are part of the people to make the United States. We need to be brought in and join in the leading of teams, businesses, film, TV, news, and every form of media, corporations, politics, law enforcement, our colleges, travel, tourism. We need more diversity in the leadership of these different spheres of the society. And this inclusion doesn't have to be anything grandiose on a national level. This inclusion doesn't have to just be part of your mission statement. It doesn't have to be a sticker that you paste on the wall or something you repeat. It has to be seen. America as a state, and I'm not talking about Americans, but America is crying for fair justice to be done to those who helped build her so far. You see all the protests and the uprising that we see on the streets today? The confusions, the vacuum that is in the hearts of many Americans today, people are just wondering and saying to themselves, what the heck is going on? It seems like we're going from one problem to the other. And you might say that every nation is facing the same thing, but none like the United States. And I believe that we're going through all of these because the nation is crying for justice to be done to those that helped bring it to where it is today. Because for it to grow into its next phase, for it as a nation to grow into its next unimaginable level of greatness, we need the same people. But again, I repeat, not as slaves, but as comrades, as partners, as equals. So in your own little space, in your own team, wherever you are, on the street, in your neighborhood, you have to be able to make room for more diversity, for including people of color. Because to be very honest with you, there is a way that black men lead that white men would never be able to lead. There is a way we see things. There is a swag that we have. There are traits and personalities and cultures that we bring to the table. Likewise, there are things that white people would do that black people would never be able to do. 
That's the meaning of the word harmony. It's the harmony that comes from ebony and ivory. It's how that when you play just a single sound or a single key on the keyboard, if you play on the white keys, that sound is monotonous and there is no harmony. Harmony comes when you have various keys or when you have the drums beating by themselves. They just don't make no sense. But an infusion or a collaboration of the drums and the keyboards and the pianos and the guitar and the trumpets and all the different musical instruments brings what we call harmony. It's the beauty of music. Think about that symphony. That's a state that America has never gotten to. That's a state that is possible for the United States of America to reach. And we can only reach there when we treat people of color as equals. Because no matter how smart you think you are as a white, and no matter how unintelligent you might think people of color to be, no matter how you degrade them, no matter how you see them to be people who are just not worthy, the honest truth is you don't know what it's like yet to have us leading alongside with you. And just to be clear, this is not about displacement. We're just saying make room intentionally because the honest truth is the table is large enough. Even if you tried, you couldn't occupy it all by yourself. All we're asking is that you make room for us at a table. Not every person of color is eventually going to be the president of the United States. But every person of color should be able to look at the leadership in politics and see people like them. It makes a whole lot of difference. At this point, I want to take a minute to salute and applaud organizations, businesses, leaders at different capacities who are already taking a stand and saying, okay, I see you, people of color, and I will make an effort to include you. We stand with you. We stand with black lives. They matter. I really want to applaud all of you. And while I know that you can do more, and I am optimistic that you will do more. This is a good start. This whole racism and the oppression and the suppression of people of color, it's killing us softly. It really is. You just can't see it. But mentally, emotionally, psychologically, it's killing us. We're just a very strong tribe and that is why we're still here and that is why we're going to keep forging ahead and we're just never going to go to the ground. But really, it's killing us softly. With your system, with your words, with your structures, with your privileges. Wherever you are, whatever you do, 
you can make room. You can make the change in your small space, in how you talk, in where you work, in where you spend your money, in how you vote, in how you teach, in how you smile, in how you appreciate, in how you create opportunity and for whom you create the opportunity. We all have a role to play and you can start there. It doesn't have to be grandiose. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. So Juneteenth actually is a holiday that is celebrated by a whole lot of blacks in the United States. The sad thing about it is that it's not popular. A lot of people do not know about it, not just about its celebration, but about its meaning, its history, why it even exists. So yesterday, June 18th, 2020, I was thinking about what to do for this episode for Juneteenth. I really try to think deeply about my subject and try to create my own narrative in a way that would make sense and meaning to a whole lot of listeners. So I'm not wasting your time replicating and regurgitating things that are already out there on the internet. So while I was racking my head thinking about what to do, I decided to check in with my wife's niece, who's 15 years. Um, she was born and brought up here in the United States. And I wanted to get her take on Juneteenth because my idea was that if she can explain it to me as a teenager, I will be able to explain it in a better way to my listeners because this is a very heavy subject, talking about slave trade. And I wanted to be able to say it in such a way that these things wouldn't fly over people's heads. I wanted to be able to not dumb it down for people, but I also demystify the whole Juneteenth thing. I called her up and I found out that she had no clue what Juneteenth was. That is a huge shame on the educational system of the United States. I'm talking about June 2020 in the United States, and I swear this was not planned. I've got my beautiful niece here, Ramola. Hi. So, Mola, what's going on? Nothing much. Have you heard about Juneteenth before? Today. It's <laughs> you heard about it today? I probably heard about it before, but just let it fly over my head. Okay, wait a minute, guys. So today is June 18th, 2020, and tomorrow, June 19th, 2020, is actually Juneteenth. And she just heard about it today. Okay, so... <laughs> I mean, it, it just goes to show really how much people didn't know about Juneteenth. But, okay, so what did you know about it or what did you hear about it today? So, well, I only heard about it today because, one, my computer notified me for, like, the first time <laughs> in forever for some reason. Like, I, I woke up and it kept persisting me. Like, hey, tomorrow's Juneteenth. I'm like, what is that? Even though I was curious, I still didn't look it up because I didn't really care. 
but <laughs> I thought if it was something big, I would have heard about it by now. And then I heard about it again from my mom, where she said that like Donald Trump said he was the one that made it big, which I don't believe that either, because if you made it big, I would have heard about it now. So, I mean... No. That's the funny thing, though. He actually thinks he made it big. He actually tweeted that today. Really? That's just ridiculous, yeah. So besides that, nothing nope. else about Jensen? Nothing, hmm. not a... Nope. That's interesting. Wow. Okay, I mean, do you maybe, know how to spell it? Yeah, because my calendar told me how how you oh, okay wait maybe, wait i might have forgotten though i don't want to be embarrassed here <laughs> no, but it's just the way it's pronounced june june and then 19th and then 10th it's yeah. actually a combination of june and 19th um, and so they took out a nine so i was right it's just yeah. june plus 19 yeah so it's June and nine June and there any significant meaning behind it? Well, it's supposed to mark a lot of African Americans or blacks in America consider that day to be their own independence day. So uh-huh. in yeah, many years ago in the sixteenth century, in the seventeenth century, we had a whole lot of slavery. Uh, Americans usually went to lots of African countries and they took Africans to become slaves here. Africans or these slaves as it were at the time were the ones responsible for building the economy at that time because they were the farmers, they were the laborers, they were the they did all the menial jobs that helped grow the economy. And when you were wealthy at the time, one of the ways that a lot of people showed their wealth was by how many slaves they owned. Mm-hmm. So that's how it was. And then in 1863, there was a declaration for the freedom of slaves in the United States. And was it in 1863 or 1865? I think it was in 1863, but there were some particular slaves in Texas. And we're talking about over 250,000 slaves in Texas at a time. They had Mm -hmm. no idea that they were freed. They didn't even know that Abraham Lincoln had actually... Yeah, free them. It's not like today where you can put something on Twitter and everyone everywhere in the world can see it. Yeah. Then information traveled very slowly. So they didn't know about this. And and I think the United States, they were fighting a civil war at the time. And then in April of 1865, the war ended. And slaves were actually declared free again in all the Confederate states of the United mm-hmm. States. Still in Texas, they didn't know about this. And Texas, oh, wow. Texas was the most southern state at the time, and they had a huge number of slaves. And one of the reasons also why they didn't know was because even the slave masters didn't want kept to quiet. tell their slaves. Yeah, they kept quiet about it because <laughs> those are the guys who were the source of livelihood. Benefiting. Yeah. Yep. So they didn't say anything about it until 
one of until the the army general at the time i forget his name um the army general literally went to texas by himself and then he went to the public square in galveston texas and he announced to all the slaves and declared that they had all been freed so june 19th 1865 was a day that slaves knew that they had been freed it wasn't the day that they were freed but it was a day that they realized that they knew that they had actually been freed and just imagine people who were probably walking on the farm just mm-hmm. throwing the cutlass the machete and throwing the hole away and just running for the freedom yeah. Yeah, imagine people looking at their slave masters. Maybe someone was already giving them an order and they looked them in the face like, no, I'm not doing that. (laughs) And just walk away because they were free. They literally celebrated on that day. And every year they try to remember that day and celebrate because it was a day that they found out that they were free. So technically it was kind of like the independent day and that's why for lots of blacks Juneteenth is like their independent and that's why it's a big deal for mm. many blacks though the especially day in the that they were free I wouldn't think that it'd be like that easy for them to leave because you know some people probably wouldn't have accepted it but that's true many of the some of the slave traders didn't accept it but I think the thing about slavery was that it was so, so, um, the works that it did was so hard and these guys looked forward to the day that they would be free. Some of them actually tried to be free. They tried to run away and they got killed. They knew they were going to be killed, but they would rather take the risk and die than stay slaves. Yeah. Yeah, because slavery was hard. It made you less than a human. It made you feel like um, you would never become anything else. It was very limiting. So, and even to this day, I feel like a lot of Blacks still have that unconscious limitation on themselves like mm-hmm. they might never amount to become anything think about it i'm talking about 1865 and we didn't have a black president until recently recently just barack obama imagine how long so it's it's one thing for the blacks to know that they were free and become free i think it was really another thing for them to act free Mm -hmm. and it's another thing for even the slave masters and people who are privileged to treat them as free Mm -hmm. because just like you said you know they might not accept it and today when we think about things happening to policing and we hear about killings of people like judge floyd Mm -hmm. maude aubrey and all the other people who's been killed in the hands of um police it makes me wonder if the system is still set in such a way that blacks were still subject to the rulership of 
whites and i wouldn't use the word slave masters but really that's what they were almost all all the slave masters at the time were all whites so caucasians or caucasian descent now when i talk about this today i don't like people to feel uncomfortable because i'm not calling anyone a slave master today mm-hmm. because nobody no one today no one actually did that yeah but it's it's good to know that these were the things that our ancestors did. This was a kind of life that was lived here. And um, we all have a responsibility to do better, be better, and um, treat one another better. So, yep. What questions do you have about Juneteenth so far? Uh, nothing really. I feel like you explained it really well. I feel like it's like the... You know, the African-American, like specifically African-American version of July 4th. It is technically that. Yep. This has been a little bit of history lesson right there. Mm-hmm. And, but then um, again, now that you've explained it to me, it kind of seems outrageous that like Mr. President thought that he was the one that... <laughs> The made it made popular, it so yeah. So this is why he's thinking that way. He planned to have a rally tomorrow, a political rally tomorrow in Oklahoma, and everybody was like, "Why would you want to have a rally in Oklahoma on June nineteenth, which is actually Juneteenth, just around when the nation is in crisis?" Everyone is talking about justice for black people. And that's the day that blacks are actually supposed to have their own independence, for instance. I mean, independence, technically. And you want to go about doing your own rally. Plus, Oklahoma was... Okay, so let me back up a little bit. After the emancipation of those black people and the slaves after they got a freedom, you know, many of them have been working for whites or the slave masters at the time. So they didn't have so much money or savings or capital to really set themselves up or do or become or, or, or become economically equal with your white counterparts. Because if you're saying that all slaves are free, all people are now equal, well, I've never owned a house because I've been living in the basement of my master. I've never gone to school. I've never had a bank account because I was literally a slave. I wasn't leaving. So now I had to look for how to get a job, get some money, um, save and get a house. So it wasn't very easy for the blacks at a time to start off. So they gathered a lot of money many of them, they started gathering money together just so that they could set themselves up. So you might have 50 blacks come together, put their resources together, buy a huge plantation, a huge, I beg your pardon, a huge land, and um, probably start working, selling food, making money, building their own houses for themselves. So they started building up communities and in Oklahoma, they built up a community oh, for blacks. Yeah, I think I heard about that. Yep. And that was the state where 
many white supremacists at a time went and destroyed the black community. They literally brought it down. They didn't want those guys existing there. They didn't want them living close to them. They brought, whatever the reasons were, but they mm-hmm. literally brought down and destroyed what these guys had built for years. It was one of the worst. I'll, I'll use the word genocide in American history, and it happened in in Oklahoma. So it became very, it, it's a very sensitive place. And for him to choose that same city, yeah, that same city. to go for his rally on June 10th, no. just after or rather Everything. while the nation is in protest, for justice for blacks that was crazy so the backlash was a lot a lot of people started shooting at the administration and their campaign like you can't do this it's so insensitive Mm. so people started talking a lot about it and now he's decided okay they'll move their campaign to saturday which is the 20th so it's because a lot of people started talking about why would you want to do this why would you want to do something so insensitive he says he made Junton popular. Oh wow! <clears throat> That's all. It's, it's not like he he didn't say anything about Junton. He didn't make it a national holiday because so it's not a national such a holiday. Sensitive thing. Yep, he like, just brought a sensitive thing, and he says he made it popular. Mm. So that's that's <laughs> just Yeah, but well, one of the things that I know about. Mr. Trump is that he he likes to make things about him. Yeah. And he's found a way to make Juneteenth about him. (laughs) (laughs) But really, it's not about him. It's about African American, the day that African Americans need to do it for him. Yeah. So thanks everyone for taking the time to listen to today's episode of Real Fitness. I really hope that today's topic would have helped you become a little more socially fit and mentally fit, also emotionally and culturally fit. And I try to make sure that this episode wasn't just about a history lesson, even though that was good, but it's something that will stand the test of time and something that you can use in your development for today and for tomorrow for the future so um, listen to this over and over again I'll try to make sure that I have links to most of the songs and the stories that I referenced they'll all be in my show notes you please leave me a comment right here on Apple Music it goes a long way to help the visibility of the show and you can also actively share this episode with you know your friends and families and also your enemies however the case might be <laughs> Thanks again for listening to Real Fitness, where I do my best to make sure you live your life 10 over 10. I hope to keep giving you content of value every time you tune in. By the way, everyone who listened to my last episode, I really appreciate all the love. I appreciate all the feedback. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep letting me know what you think, what I can improve on, how I can develop and how I can grow and what you might want me to talk about. I'm open to all of that. I'm open to great dialogue. I'm open to great conversation. And um, even if you want to be on the show too, let me know. 
I'm open to bringing people in, anybody at all. You know, just come on and let's talk. Let's have a conversation. You can hit me up on Instagram at Real Fitness Club, or you can send me an email, Henry here at realfitness.tv. Uh, you could go to my website and just contact me through there. I'm open to listen to you anytime. And um, thanks again. And I hope that you really find your way to being the best you possible. Appreciate it, guys. I'm your fitness and lifestyle coach, Henry again. Ciao for now.